Hey everybody, welcome back to Checkerboard Chat, the official sports podcast of the Daily Beacon. I'm Tara Wombles, that's DeMichael Cole, and we're back to bring you more Tennessee athletics news, debates, and once again, whatever we feel like talking about. Right now, we feel like talking about some Tennessee football. There's a pretty important game that took place on Saturday with a pretty important ending. DeMichael, do you want to just sum it up for us real quick? Um, it looked familiar. It looked real familiar. It yep. looked like 351 days ago familiar. It did. But instead of, you know, it jumping around side, with joy, yeah, yeah that they won the, the other side this time. Yep. And it definitely hurt a lot of Tennessee fans. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And just uh, the easiest way to sum that one up. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows, but in, cl- in case someone doesn't know, uh, the Florida Gators beat the Tennessee Vols 26-21. to Or was it 26-20? 26-20. Yeah. 26-20. Hail Mary. Um, yeah, they're calling yards. it a Hail Mary. It's a 63-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Felipe Franks to wide receiver Tyree Cleveland just as the game in. Like, the, the clock was ticking yeah. off. Um, needless t- to say, do yeah, what? Yeah, let's touch on that. Um, well, um, earlier in the week, we talked to Bob Shoup, the defense coordinator yeah. for Tennessee, and he completely, which I thought was a very professional act from him, um, he completely broke that play down yeah, he did. to us. And, um, basically, it wasn't a Hail Mary play. So he, he thought, like, calling it Hail Mary was actually, you know, too much. And he basically said Tennessee was in the right defense for the play and they were protecting against a field goal. And Florida has a – everyone knows Florida has a kicker that can oh, yeah. kick it 55 team. to 60 yards. Pinero, so just, yeah, yeah, anything you want to add on that? Um, well, like you said, Bob Shoup did address it. He, um, he started out his press conference a different way than he normally does. Right, and yeah. I think that that was sort of the tone for press conferences this week. There was a difference in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I know Butch Jones took a little bit of a different route than he normally does in his press conferences. He sort of just laid it all out there. He just, you know, sort of said, oh, this one's on me. We have to be more accountable. We have to um, do, you know, we have to make sure the details are right. And that was something that's been praised by a lot of fans, a lot of media members, you know, for yeah. him sort of um, just taking, taking account of that. Yeah. yeah, and just – and Bob Shoup did the same thing um, – but he also I thought it was really interesting when he explained how the play went. Mm-hmm. He said they were um they yeah, they were protecting for a field goal. Exactly. They were not expecting a touchdown pass because they knew that Florida's kicker could if they got him in range he could most likely hit it. And they didn't expect Florida to throw a sixty three yard bomb exactly into the end zone. So it made sense because if you did. if you look back at the play, um as even as Bob Shoup said, they took away the um number one option, the number two option he literally, you know, he had to run around by time for them to get to the end zone because the original play was drawn up for them to kick a field goal. So Tennessee was properly defensed on that play. It's just sure. some bad luck. It was. And um, so just DeMichael segueing a little bit back from the game and sort mm-hmm. of into what's going on right now, just how would you describe the state of this Tennessee Volunteers team right now? Well, Honestly, I think the team is in a better state than the fans. I mean, all week uh, the team has talked about, um, you know, we're past it. Mm-hmm. We're getting past this. We're yep. looking on the UMass. You know, even though that's, you know, that's very cliche, you know. Sure. But that's what you expect them to yeah, say. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you expect them to say. But, I mean. That's what they I, should I, say. Yeah, exactly. I feel like um, players have stepped up, mm-hmm. talked to the younger players about, hey, you know, we're moving on to UMass. And, um, sure. I feel like the players – they're, they're ready to play, mm-hmm. and they talked about they're just ready to get back on the field. I think the fan base, oh, that's that's another story. That's That tends to be another story <laughs> with uh, Tennessee. Um, obviously, there is some talk right now from a lot of fans, obviously, about 
uh, Butch Jones' job security about, you know, debate between fans over whether or not they think he should remain the Tennessee football coach after this season. Um, we're not going to get into debating all yeah. of that here, mm-hmm. but um, I did notice that there was uh, painted on the rock, there yeah. was a thing that said, uh, I think Fire Butch now. Yeah. But then it was quickly painted over, and I'd say that was not a coincidence. I'd say someone did intentionally right, paint right, over yeah. it. Um, in which they should have because, you know, personally I think that's just a terrible act. I think that, you know, to use a school symbol – I mean, you can have your opinions on the team, on Butch Jones, all that, but when you use a school symbol to take – to just write a message like that, it just really degrades it. It degrades the university, and I think it really degrades the student body. So yeah. that's just my opinion on that. But, um, Michael, just talking a little bit about UMass, mm-hmm. is there any specifics that you would like to mention for the matchup? Yeah, um – UMass is, of course, everyone knows they haven't won a game this year. They're 0 4. But, like, all their games decided by 10 points or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that has to be taken into account. I mean, they haven't played, you know, ranked teams or anything right. of that nature. But, I mean, all their games have been close. I mean, according to Bush Jones, he said their quarterback, Andrew Ford, is mm-hmm. a NFL prospect. He did say that, yeah. Yes. And, um, the tight end that they had, I believe he was the number one ranked tight end out yeah. of high school. I know he was number two on 24-7 This team sports. does have talent. So, yeah. yeah, that's basically what I'm getting to. It. They have talent. And, you know, Tennessee can't sleepwalk into this right. game, which I don't expect them to. But no. they can't sleepwalk into this game because, I mean, UMass does have, have talent. No, and I, and I think this is a game that most fans, even with the current climate of the program, I think most fans of people around the program believe that this will be an easy win for the team where it should be, mm-hmm. you know, one of those games, you know, maybe like an Ohio or maybe a Tennessee Tech, sort of somewhere in the middle of that. This is a program that's a little bit bigger than Tennessee Tech, a better right. program than Tennessee Tech, but if the Vols are playing like they should, they shouldn't have any problem against UMass. If they did, then that would be a hugely different story. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, we don't expect that to happen. Um, but to Michael – we do have another topic to talk about, yeah. and uh, we actually have a guest to bring on in, in about a minute. But um, we, uh, the Tennessee soccer team is actually undefeated on the season. They're not an O, and they are. Um, they're. I mean, they're surging. They, you know, it's the best start they've ever had to a season. Is that right? Or are they tied for the best start? Oh, it is the best start. It is the yes. best start. Yeah. Okay. So they got to nine and nine and O. It's the best start they've ever had. They just get two more wins, and then they equal the amount of. Um, amount of wins that they had last season. So we're actually going to have one of our soccer beat writers. His name's Corey Sanning. He's a copy editor here at the Daily Beacon, and he covers soccer for us. He's actually going to come here on the show, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about what we expect, what we have seen from this Tennessee soccer team and what we expect to see from them um, later on in the season. All right, so we've got Corey Sanning here. Obviously, I already introduced him a little bit, but Corey, just sort of introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and why we have you sitting here. Good evening, everyone and all. I'm Corey Sanning, and I'm a, the soccer beat writer here at the Daily Beacon, and I'm also a copy editor, and I'm here to discuss some ball soccer with these two fine gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Corey, obviously you've uh, you covered every home game this season. Just what have you seen out of this team so far? Do you have any key takeaways that you think made them get to 9-0? Well, I'll tell you this. Coach Penske before the season noted that he wanted Tennessee to become a better possession-style team, both offensively and defensively. And you notice one area that they struggled last season was the offensive end. They only recorded 35 total goals. Through nine games, they have 22 so far. Mm-hmm. So the offense has really taken it up a notch. Khadija Shaw, I think, has been the easily the anchor behind that offensive unit. And their defense is still playing pretty well. They've, only, they've had 
seven shutouts out of nine victories. And you mentioned uh, Khadijah Shaw, and she's actually yeah. a junior college transfer, right? Um, just talk a little bit about her. What have you seen specifically out of her, and just how much of an impact do you think she has on the team? Her brass confidence is what has stood out most to me. She see, she came in, and she's big. She's 5'11". She stands out above everyone else on the field, mm-hmm. but her confidence is so sky high. She'll take two defenders on one at one point by herself if she has to. She's confident. She'll deflect all credit, all credit to, off of herself. She's she's on a good track. I'll tell you that. And uh, Demichael, um last season, Demichael and I covered some soccer yeah. games, and uh, you said five eleven, and that reminds that, me of Hannah, Hannah Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah, she was exactly. she was a standout player that they had last year, really a star for the team. I think she was exactly five eleven. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna pick up off of that. That's that's um crazy how they move from one five eleven yeah. leading scorer to another, but um. I just wanted to ask you, what about um, who who else is stepping up? Um, we've heard a lot about Khadija Shaw, but what other players are stepping up? Well, season? a few others that I've noticed. Goalkeeper Shea Yanez has been fantastic. Like I said, she barely ever allows the ball to come near the goal. Maya Neal's defense has been fantastic. She's sort of been the second anchor behind that unit, behind Shea. And one other person, this she doesn't get a lot of credit, but I really think that Ariel Kapritz has done a very good job at being a veteran leader on this team because you have mm-hmm. to have that person you can look to when yeah. you're in these moments. Like last week, they finally had to deal with pressure against Virginia Tech when they were only up by one goal. She, I really think that she comes through when they need them, despite her minutes restriction due to her ACL injuries. And I was going to ask you about another player too, Katie Cousins. Obviously, she is a player that um, did not play last season. Right. She was she took a red shirt because she was playing in I think it was the women's U twenty tournament. Yeah. Um, uh, national tournament, um, but she's a player that's been a standout for the program. She's one of their most popular players. Corey, what have you seen out of her specifically, and do you think she's a leader for this team, or just what have you seen out of her? Oh, absolutely. Backing up of what I said about Khadija and her confidence, Katie Cousins is a very confident individual. She believes that she can go out there and take anyone on. She, like I said, against she scored her first goal against Virginia Tech, and it was off of two Khadija Shaw misses. But she's very confident. She's out there to do whatever the team needs her to do. She doesn't care if she scores. She doesn't care if she even gets in. She's there to cheer her team on. And she, like as she said, they've been killing it right now. What are your so based off what have you seen so far? What are your realistic goals? I mean, what do you think this team can do this season? Yeah, that's good well, question. we've discussed this team hasn't made an NCAA tournament right. since 2012. Right. That's true. And that's something Coach Penske is well below his standard, as he said many times this season. And like he said, they've just begun. For me, I do expect to see the Volunteers in the end return to the tournament this year. I haven't okay. seen a soccer okay. team play to this level in quite some time since Penske became head coach. Mm. So I do expect them to take a deep run now. We'll see how it happens against South Carolina on Sunday, but mm. right now I think they have to be in a good, pretty good mental state. Nice, nice. For sure. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention, Corey, just about anything, any other takeaways that you have to see? One thing seen? I will say that – the atmosphere at the home games, I wasn't not sure what I was going into when you guys assigned me this beat. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible so far. Oh, yeah. We've had a thou- they've had a thousand plus fans at every game. The fans stomp their feet loud. They cheer it on. It's been an incredible atmosphere to witness, and, and it's really, rallies. really yeah. it's rewarding to see those players fight so hard and to be paid off with these mineral performances because they've only – They've only allowed two goals all season long. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's impressive. Sure. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Regal Rowdies? Just, <laughs> I remember when I was covering that, Bill was like, man. but yeah. they, are, they are something else, I'll They're tell you that. They are, yeah. <laughs> they are They represent the volunteers with pride, pride and faith, and they do their job. Yeah, yeah I know that they um, – if anyone doesn't know, the Regal Rowdies, they're the official student section of the Tennessee soccer team. And they actually – 
Like it's an actual organization. Like they have a president, I think, yeah. a vice president. They um they have members. They um, but they go to every soccer game. They organize different events for the team. And I, one thing that I stood out to me about them, I forget the name of it, but they had this big drum. Have you seen the drum? I, they have not brought the drum out so okay. far this semester. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we've seen John Curry there multiple times. Sure. We've wow. seen the vo- we had they had the voice a voice contestant there singing the national anthem last week in Emily Ann Roberts, but I'm not seeing the drum. They yet. didn't have the drum. They <laughs> have not have the drum that's, yet, guys. That's disappointing. Like I'm just gonna say, the drum. Tyler wants the drum. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it has a name. I keep wanting to say it's Bertha, but I don't know. There is a name for the drum. Because there's a guy that, um, I remember there was a guy with dreadlocks who used to carry it around. And I don't know if he still does, but mm. he carried the drum. He was there, that's all I know. I'm, getting off, I'm not going to talk about the drum anymore, but it was there. I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, no, I, no, I, I, I am a witness. Demarco, the drum, yeah, the drum was there. So, yeah, I will let crazy. you guys know if the drum makes an appearance again this season. <laughs> yeah, and, we, uh, and actually, this is just a, a fun tidbit. Demichael and I... Before we were the editors, we actually, the first game I ever covered here, and uh, DeMichael was on the beat, and mm. we covered soccer. So, um, just a fun little thing. Um, we have a lot of experience covering this team. Definitely. And, uh, like I said, they were 11-9-1 and and last season. Um, they got beat in the SEC tournament. Just, you're right, I think it is rewarding to a lot of the fans and a lot of the players definitely to see this program um, right. mature to this level. I actually remember that I got an email before the season started from a fan and he was he was asking about a soccer preview we hadn't published one yet but he just sort of said I think this year is really key for the volunteers mm-hmm. he said I think that Penske has a great group this year and I'd like to see him coach them up yeah. and I think that they could go really far if he coaches them up uh, yeah. Corey do you think that their success has been more attributed to the mentality and the talent of the players or do you think that's more of coach Penske's design and his coaching that has led them to this point. I think you could actually throw in elements of both there because I've talked okay. to Coach Penske and I've talked to the players. These players are there for each other. They're willing to fight for each other, whether they're sitting on the bench, whether they're in the game. Penske, I've, from what I've heard him say, he instills that mentality within this group. He's yeah. very supportive of each and every one of them. He, even if they make mistakes, he always has their back. He's always there when you need him. And that's one thing that – and he's always calm, too. The calmness of a coach yeah. is something that I've really believed in for, for sure. the majority of my life. But, yes, Penske, I think it has a little bit to do with both. I see. Yeah, not to mention, they, I mean, they had one of the top recruiting classes in the nation. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, not they, they're, mention, yeah. right, they're yeah. a, a very talented yeah. team. They yeah. are, yeah. yeah. Um, and like we said before, it's, surpri- it's almost a little surprising. I don't want to say surprising, but – they had, you know, Hannah Wilkinson last right. year. Mm-hmm. And obviously her sister, Rianne, was a star for the team, too, years ago. Mm-hmm. And then Hannah Wilkinson was just a standout for the team. Yeah. I mean, just sort of like Khadijah Shaw. She was a big player. She'd run people over. And teams would put all their focus on Hannah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. It's and so it's interesting to see this team sort of, you know, I think a lot of fans probably wondered, and a lot of reporters, you know, what's going to happen. And so right. it's sort of interesting to see where this team is going. Um but, Corey, thank, we thank you for your time. Yep. Uh, I'm glad we can have you, you on today. Um, hopefully we can have you on a lot more. Um, and what's your Twitter handle? Sabrina? My Twitter handle, is for everyone that would like to know, is at SanningNBA, S-A-N-N-I-N-G-N-B-A. Okay, yeah, so just uh, Corey, he usually live tweets during the matches, so just anytime you want to follow him. And uh, make sure that you follow uh, me. I'm at Tyler Wombles. And, then, and DeMichael at DeMichael C, just D-A-M-I-C-H-A-E-L with a C. Okay, and so yeah, just follow us. Just follow us on Twitter. Um, 
Make sure you follow UTK Beacon Sports on Twitter um, for the Daily Beacon Sports. Also follow this, the Daily Beacon and check us out on Facebook. Um, but, yeah, guys, I think this takes us to the end of our podcast. We thank you for mm-hmm. joining us. Um, yeah. Check back next time for more discussion on Tennessee athletics, news, updates, just whatever's going on. Um, signing off, I'm Tyler Wombles. I'm DeMichael Cole. I'm Corey Sanning. And we'll uh, catch you all later.